It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What are a few losses in a row to your bitter rival amongst college coaches? Ireland is America's future, and it is dark. Will the cult of MAGA cost America America in 2024? And Deadspin lets us all know that sports journalism is the worst kind of journalism, apparently. I'm Andrew Coppins, and you're tuned in to a Truth or Fiction Tuesday edition of Critical Thinking. What's up, everybody? I hope you are having a great day. I know that uh, we weren't here on Monday. Um, You know, the schedule's going to change up here and there as we kind of navigate the road ahead for this program. And frankly, I just was not feeling very well yesterday. I was under the weather, so that's a little bit difficult to do the show when that is happening. But uh, we are here today on a Truth or Fiction Tuesday. Likely to be here the rest of the week. Um, as we try to transition into what we want to do uh, going forward. And a lot of that will probably happen in 2024. So we, we're going to give you some small tastes here and there of, of really deep dive information. That's actually going to come tomorrow as we talk about a concept that will be brought up on today's show. But it is a Truth or Fiction Tuesday where you get to participate. You can follow at The Coppin Show on X or Facebook, and you will be able to participate simply by sending in your Truth or Fiction statements as I call for them on Mondays. Well, thank you to the one and only Pat Oni, you know, the 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 co-host of this program who is out on maternity or paternity leave, as I should say. Um, but, uh, yeah, Thanksgiving, fantastic here. Um, you know, we... We unfortunately had our plans change a little bit, but it ended up being fantastic. A great meal uh, put on by my wife um, just for the two of us. It was absolutely fantastic. My Packers got a much-needed win over the Lions and then somehow got help from the Chicago Bears last night in Monday Night Football, and we are right in the absolute thick of the NFL playoff race in the NFC. So it's going to be an interesting December ride for my Packers, starting with the Chiefs and then... Uh, 
um, some easier games on the schedule after that that didn't look like they were going to be all that easy uh, going into the season. So it'll be interesting to see what goes on and can the Packers, you know, kind of hold on and right the ship and and Jordan Love put him in the playoffs. It's going to be an interesting uh, road ahead. But speaking of interesting roads ahead, we have a lot to talk about on today's program. So we're going to start with my own first truth or fiction statement. Do I believe this to be truth or fiction? And that is simply, what's happening in Ireland is America's future, and none of it is good. Now, you might be asking yourself, what exactly am I talking about with Ireland and its future being, well, what's happening in Ireland right now is going to come to America. First and foremost, I have to say this. I fervently believe having, you know, studied and looked at Western European culture over the last 20 years, um, having understood its politics from a basic level, that what is going on in Ireland, what is going on in other places in Europe where we see mass protests of mass migration throughout Europe. Uh, we see mass protests and violence, unfortunately, as a result of the government's lack of ability to stand up and say, hold up, wait a minute, what are we actually bringing into our country here? And what happened in Ireland um, last week was brutal. Three young kids just slaughtered for no reason other than going to a primary school. And then two teachers also uh, injured in a knife attack from a alleged Algerian migrant. And now, if you know anything about what we've talked about with Ireland, is that Ireland is experiencing an absolute switch in its culture. The number one name for boys in Ireland is Muhammad. What? Not Patrick, not any of your traditionally thought of Irish names, but Muhammad. And why and how? Well, number one, they have one of the biggest welfare states from the government anywhere in Europe. So people land somewhere in Europe, and because of the European Union laws, which Ireland is a part of, they once they land in a European Union country, they are free to migrate about Europe. And Ireland is in a very attractive place because of its social welfare state. But there's an absolute clash of cultures happening. One very Catholic, one very Western European idealism versus the oppressive Islamist culture that is being brought with these people from Algeria, from Northern Africa, from all over the place as they claim refugee status and then are just free to travel about Europe as if whatever they want to do, they just sit there and, and suck off the teat of the social welfare systems. But that's only part of what I am talking about. So I believe that this is absolutely true because the other part of this is Ireland has issues. France, we've just watched some of the most creative protests I've ever seen about their um, want to basically take over farming from a 
uh, government level. We watched Geert Wilders become the head of parliament, or not the head of parliament, but the uh, prime minister in the Netherlands after a year plus, almost two years, of uh, continuous farmer protests about what that government was trying to do to its number one import and export business, farming. All in the name of climate change and the collective good and the common good. Speaking of which, folks, this is from a member of parliament in Ireland talking about the common good. And she's from the Green Party. When you think about it, all law, all legislation is about the restriction of freedom. That's exactly what we're doing here, is we are restricting freedom, but we're doing it for the common good. You will see throughout our constitution, yes, you have rights, but they are restricted for the common good. Everything needs to be balanced. And if your views on other people's identities go to make their lives unsafe, insecure, and cause them such deep discomfort that they cannot live in peace, then I believe that it is our job as legislators to restrict those freedoms for the common good. You know, it's very interesting in light of the Algerians stabbing to death three innocent young girls this past week that this member of parliament, and by the way, can we talk about the fact that you're wearing jeans in parliament in a... What? The casualization of our society is a whole nother issue. It, it just, come on. Can, can we at least say, you know, I don't know, you could potentially dress up in business attire? Although then again, in business attire today, it's pretty much jeans and hoodies, right? But I, I just, wow, 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 wow. We're wearing white jeans on, on, on the floor of parliament now. Interesting. Okay, well then. Now, that having been said, I want to get back to this idea of the common good. I want to get back to what she said here because she says that, um, you know, it's in the Constitution of Ireland and that we have to restrict your rights if, you're, if you are speaking or thinking or doing things that are against the common good. Question for you. Are you willing to do that for the massive Muslim immigration and the massive Muslim refugee slash immigrant slash illegal immigrant population that exists in your society? Because hear me out on this. If, if, you, if you're going to go down that road and say that if you talk about somebody's identity or you make them feel unsafe or unpeaceful or whatever, what is more unsafe or more unpeaceful than somebody saying that your quote-unquote religion right, is superior to another religion and more important than that, that um, you must die because you're an infidel? Are, are you suggesting that religious speech shall be restricted in Ireland? Because... What is more unpeaceful than literally somebody saying, I'm going to kill you because you're Catholic, because you're a non-Muslim? Let's just not even deal with Catholic versus Muslim. Let's say you're not even Muslim. Now, I have long said that obviously calling for literally killing somebody is kind of antithetical to the freedom of speech because it also 
butts up against the freedom to just, I don't know, live. But do you have the right to say that uh, all Muslims go to heaven and everybody else goes to hell? Absolutely you should have that right. That is your religious belief. Have at it. But that doesn't mean you get to murder in the name of your religion simply because somebody believes something different than you. Of course, it does mean that if somebody is attacking you because of your religion, you have every right to defend yourself and others defend you and your religion. Absolutely you do. But it got me thinking about this concept of the common good. But before I get into the common good, she talks about the Irish Constitution. I just want to read a little bit of the beginning of the Irish Constitution for you because you're going to find it absolutely fascinating. Quote, In the name of the most holy trinity, for whom is all authority, and to whom, as all are final at, excuse me, all actions of both men and states must be referred. So let's just stop right there. Authority is God, not the state. The Constitution of Ireland says authority is derived from God, not the state. In its very foundational document, which has been altered and changed and rewritten time after time after time, I mean, you can go through about 50 different parts of the Constitution. I think there's like 38 amendments in total. But it continues saying that we, the people of Ire, a.k.a. Ireland, humbly acknowledging all our obligations, all our obligations to our divine Lord, Jesus Christ, who sustained our fathers through centuries of trial, gratefully remembering their heroic and unremitting struggle to regain the rightful independence of our nation and seeking to promote the common good with due observance to prudence, justice, and charity, so that the dignity and freedom of the individual may be assured, true social order attained, and the unity of our country restored, and concord established with other nations, do hereby adopt and act and give ourselves this Constitution. It continues, saying in Article 1, The Irish nation hereby affirms its inalienable, indefensible, and sovereign right to choose its own form of government, to determine its, its relations with other nations, and to develop its life, political, economic, and cultural, and culture in accordance with its own genius and traditions. It is the entitlement and birthright of every person born in the island of Ireland, which includes its islands and seas, to be part of the Irish nation. That is also the entitlement of all persons otherwise qualified in accordance with the law to be citizens of Ireland. Furthermore, the Irish nation cherishes, cherishes its specific affinity with people of Irish ancestry living abroad who share its cultural identity and heritage. It continues saying, by the way, in this Article 4, which is the state, the name of the state is Ire, or in the English language, Ireland. Ireland is a sovereign, independent, democratic state. Article 6. All powers of government, legislative, executive, and judicial derive under God from the people whose right it is to designate the rulers of the state and in final appeal to decide all questions of national policy according to the requirements of the common good. So yes, the common good is there. 
These powers, furthermore, of government are ex exercisable only by or on the authority of the origins of state established by this Constitution. It continues to say, though, that um, no person may be excluded from Irish nationality and citizenship by reasons of the sex of such person. It continues also to say that notwithstanding any other provision of this constitution, a person born in the island of Ireland, which includes its island and seas, who do, does not have at the time of birth of that person at least one parent who is an Irish citizen or entitled to be an Irish citizen, is not entitled to Irish citizenship or nationality unless provided for by law. That's right. In Ireland, you do not have birthright citizenship like you do here. But I want you to notice a couple of things. Yes, she was right in saying that the common good is mentioned over and over and over again in the Irish Constitution. Which begs a question. What is meant by the common good? Furthermore, this is a constitution wholly driven, driven by the providence of God. They literally have put God not Catholicism, but God, into their constitution, noting that authority is God's first and foremost, not the state. But hear me out on this. A member of the Green Party, very socialist, right? Would they believe this quote? A single person, I need hardly say, is something subordinate, and as such, he must dedicate himself to the ethical whole. Hence, if the state claims life, the individual must surrender it. All the worth which the human being possesses, he possesses only through the state. That's Hegel, by the way, in Elements of the phil uh, Philosophy of Right. Let me ask you, is the common good really about greater good of the state? Or is it driven by the individuality given to us by the providence of God? <clears throat> How about this? The individual is king, and all other things exist for the service of the king. Now, I believe that I'm not king. I believe that my sovereignty is in my personhood. Absolutely, I believe that. But I believe that my king is my maker. My king is Jesus Christ, is God. That is my king. Now, John Stuart Mill on liberty says the following. The only freedom which deserves the name is uh, excuse me, the only freedom which deserves the name is that of pursuing our own good in our own way. So long as we do not attempt to deprive others of theirs or impede their efforts to obtain it, each is the proper guardian of his own health, whether bodily or mental or spiritual. So we must give ourselves over to the state or we must give ourselves to the individual. And if I believe that my rights come from God, and the state of Ireland says all of its rights, all of its constitution comes at the authority of God, derived from its power, derived from God's power. If I'm to believe that, 
it cannot be that the state is the ultimate arbiter of anything. But this was specifically talking about the concept of transgender people or people who they don't have a right to be offended and you can't offend them, whether that's possessing a meme, whether that is distributing a meme, whether that's uh, quote-unquote misgendering them or whatever have you. What does the church, what does Catholicism, which is the vast majority of the Christian faith that exists on the Isle of Ireland, have to say about this? Well, those who espouse transgenderism, as Catholic.com points out, argue that a human person is assigned their gender at birth based on their observed anatomy. Consequently, when a biological male identifies as female and then has related surgery, they speak of that medical practice as gender confirmation or gender reassignment because they believe their anatomy now reflects their true identity as a human person. But the church has a different take on this, one that's grounded in genuinely confirmed reality. One is born either a male or female. And this also applies to hermaphrodites who, though they manifest both male and female anatomical aspects at birth, are either biological boys or girls. And that is true, by the way. That is 100% true. In this light, the church recognizes that every human person is created in the image and likeness of God, male or female. And so we should help people discover their true identities as children of God, not support them in the disordered attempt to reject their undeniable biological entity, identity. Excuse me. So I got a question for you. Are we to reject the teachings of the church for the state, or do we reject the state for the church? When these two things are absolutely at war with each other, whom do you choose? Whom, which master are you going to choose? Now, I bring this up because, yes, we're having some of this debate here in America, but it is not as sped up as it is over in Europe. But that's because I believe that America is about 15 to 20 years behind Europe when it comes to these socialist ideas. Now, I will say this. I I also believe that we're probably about 15 to 20 years behind in the consequences We're about 15 to 20 years behind in people actually standing up for their liberty. Yeah. Yeah, I'm right. Sorry. Sorry, I'm right on that. For all the liberty lovers out there, for as much as I love to defend liberty, the fact of the matter is that as anybody who stole your livelihood, as anybody who locked your business down? Has anybody who shut your church down, has anybody who took your individual liberty away in 2020 and 2021 through parts of 2022, have any of them paid a price? Here in America? Nope. Abroad? No. In fact, right now we're watching China lock its citizenry back down again, wear masks, do all that stuff because of some sort of uh, pneumonia-like virus that is going around that country, or at least its northern parts. And suddenly, we're watching to lock ourselves back down? That's why we talk about being ungovernable. 
Because the only authority that we really need to worry about right now is the authority of God in our lives, is the authority that him and his teachings through his son Jesus Christ give us. We get down to the nitty-gritty of what's going on. But in Ireland and in other places in Western Europe, we are absolutely watching people so frustrated by this collectivism, by this idea of common good versus the individual right, that we are watching individual rights versus collectivism clash heads time and time again. And it's becoming violent. It's becoming just absolutely at a loggerhead. I don't know that we're there here in America. I would love to stop it before we get there, but that's the road that we're heading down in the next decade, 15, 20 years, folks. If we don't revive liberty, if we don't have another great awakening in this society, this is what will happen. If we don't turn to God and we continue to turn away from God, this is the godlessness, this is the society that we're heading for. And ultimately, it, my question is this. For a constitution in which we're closer to celebrating 250 years of than we are away from, can it survive to 250 years? Is it surviving in name only or an actual practice? That's what makes America unique is the fact that the average constitution is 17-ish, maybe 19, 17 to 19 years in length. We're almost at 250. We're the exception to the rule, but we're becoming the rule instead of the exception. All right. With that being said, what is the second truth or fiction for the day? Well, Pat, Mr. Padoni says, Ryan Day shouldn't be fired at Ohio State. Truth or fiction? I absolutely believe this to be truth. And I understand that, you know, things are a little bit different standard-wise at Ohio State than, let's say, Minnesota, where a loss, or even at Wisconsin, a couple of losses to your bitter enemy in the Eastern Dakota Golden Rodents, which, by the way, the axe is finally back home in its rightful spot in the trophy case in Madison. But there's a difference between that type of a rivalry and the measuring stick that is and always has been Michigan and Ohio State. Does this mean a third straight loss by Ryan Day that they shouldn't be there? Back-to-back losses. What What's happening? The sky is falling. We, we're not playing for the national championship. But here's the rub in all of this. And by the way, to delusional Ohio State fan, your chances went bye-bye last week because you, no. Nah. Especially if Michigan wins on Saturday, which they're likely to do against an absolute bomb of an offense at the University of Iowa. Look. All it's going to likely take is a couple of touchdowns from Michigan's much more high-powered offense, much more um, an offense that executes at a much higher level that can actually execute against a really good defense, which is what they did against Ohio State this past weekend. And what I found to be an absolutely fantastic, fabulous football game, by the way, that was a great football game. 
It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're not making the college football playoff. There is no path for you, period, point blank anymore. None. Because there's way, way better arguments for other schools than you. But my question would be this. Much like at Texas A&M, who in their right mind would want that job? If it's, hey, by the way, you lose a couple of times, but oh, by the way, the, the years that you do beat your arch rival, you go to the college football playoff, you compete and possibly win a national championship. Hmm. Very interesting. In fact, let's take a look at Ryan Day's record. There's lots of people who say they should part ways and this, that, and everything else. How very interesting. Hmm? Let's see. 2019. 13 and 1, 9 and 0 in conference. 2020, 5 and 0 in that weird season. They go to the college football championship. Lose. They win in the Rose Bowl in 2021. They went 8 and 1 in conference play. Last year, 8 and 1, lost in the Peach Bowl. They have gone to a college football playoff bowl game, whether that's a bowl game or the actual playoffs. Let's see here. Once Twice, three, four. Oh, likely all five seasons. Now, who can live up in an era in which Nick Saban hasn't been winning national championships lately? We're talking about Georgia attempting a three-peat for the first time in like four evs. I, I don't know the... The level that you can play at any better than this. Their worst record was 11 in two, folks. They have lost just one conference game each of the last three years. Yes, of course, to Michigan. They're 11 and two, 11 and two, 11 and one. Michigan is on its ascendancy right now. This would be an absolute short sighted. Decision if they were to fire Ryan Day somehow. Whom else are you going to get into this program to make it any better than it already is? 
Kyle McCord is a better quarterback today than he was at the beginning of the season. The defense, better today than it was at the beginning of the season. The offensive line, which was a problem at the beginning of the season, better today than it was at the beginning of the season. I understand that national championships are the goal. I understand that this isn't Wisconsin where winning a Big Ten title once in a while is great news. Now, going forward into a new era of the Big Ten and a new era of college football, let me ask you a question. Does 11-1 and get you into a 12-team playoff scenario? Hell yes, it does. Now the question is, can Ryan Day win in a one-off playoff scenario over and over and over again? We have no idea other than the fact that, oh, wait, in 2020, he won, also won the Rose Bowl. He has finished top five in the nation every single year, by the way, that he has been the full-time head coach. But what more do you want? That This is Texas A&M level insanity. Absolute insanity. Well, he might go, well, he's not going to Texas A&M now. I will tell you this much. Your head football coach is wanted by about 130 other schools right now. Quite literally, there is not a single institution that the second you fired Ryan Day wouldn't be on the phone to hire his ass. And it doesn't matter if that's Luke Fickle going at Wisconsin or elsewhere. Now, is he living up to the expectation of beating Michigan all the time? No. I understand that. I just don't think that firing him based off the rest of the results of your schedule, which includes really tough games, by the way, the last three seasons in the non-conference scenarios. They've won a Rose Bowl. They've won a Sugar Bowl. No, yeah, they lost the Peach Bowl last year. Okay. I just... Is he trending down? I don't believe so. I I really don't. And and for those who suggest that parting ways is a good idea, who else are you going to get that is any better? Because short of winning every year against Michigan, which, by the way, ain't going to happen. That's just the nature of the business. Short of that or short of winning how many national championships, how many appearances in the college football playoff are good for you. It's just nuts. Ryan Day is a very, 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 very good head coach. Do you want Urban... Oh, wait. How did, how did that work out for you? I just can't with some of these people. All right. That being said, I think now is a great time to remind you folks, um, if you can, head over to coffeebrandcoffee.com, enter the promo code CRITICALTHINKER, where you can, I don't know, find really good coffee without a political spin, which is really difficult. Walk into any coffee shop anywhere where you live and and find out whom they vote for or whatever because it's going to be plastered everywhere. Coffee Brand Coffee just cares about good coffee, 
good prices. So go to coffeebrandcoffee.com, enter the promo code CRITICALTHINKER, CRITICALTHINKER at checkout for five, well, actually now 10% off of your purchase today. Also, you missed some really good deals over the weekend, but go ahead and check them out because I think they still have some deals. In fact, let me go and check that out. Coffeebrandcoffee.com. Where right now they still have their last chance flavors from Cyber Monday up to 50% off. So check out their holiday gift boxes while you're at it as well over at coffeebrandcoffee.com. Enter the promo code CRITICALTHINKER for 10% off of your purchase today. One of the ways that you can actually help this program out. All right. That being said, now is a great time for all of us to check out my second truth or fiction. And it's in the world of sports where I say that sports journalism is dead and deadspin is the worst. Um, yes, sports journalism is the worst kind of journalism. It is dead and deadspin is the worst. All hundred percent the truth because in 2018, we watched as Deadspin and others tried to paint everybody as racists and um, Lamar Jackson going not number one, but number 32 in the draft. Oh, and he probably won't even be going in the first round, said Karan J. Phillips, who is the author of this. What you are watching on your screen, if you're watching on the Rumble channel, rumble.com backslash critical thinking or on X, the NFL needs to speak out against the Kansas City Chiefs fan in blackface and native headdress. Um, that's a kid, first of all. And this is how we know journalism is dead, and sports journalism is the worst kind of journalism. Because if you take a full frontal shot, which others have, I don't have the picture in front of me, but the full frontal shot of this, it is black on one side and red on the other, which is a common face paint for whom? Oh, it turns out it's for, wait for it, wait for it, the Kansas City Chiefs and, and the headdress. And a native headdress is also common for the Kansas City Chiefs. Are you suggesting that Kansas City Chiefs shouldn't exist because we need some sort of reverence and... um lifting up of of the Native Americans as above. This is the Max Kellerman, the fighting Irish shouldn't be a thing either argument. This is insane. This is stupid. And Karan J. Phillips is the head of all of this. Now, I'm in the I got blocked by Karan J. Phillips fan club all the way back in 2018, by the way, for this. <clears throat> racism at hand for Lamar Jackson not being number one overall pick according to at Karan J. Phillips. Never mind the fact that uh, <clears throat> as of April 25th, 2018, three of the last seven quarterbacks that were drafted number one were black. Never mind that. Never mind the fact that almost 50%, if you will, right? Or the fact that uh, since 2018, right, we've had... Well, we've added from 7 to 15, okay? Fifth, since Michael Vick was the number one overall pick in 2021, let's go there because he was the first to do it in a very long time in the common draft era. <clears throat> five. Count them five of 15, so 33%. And blacks represent how much of a proportion of the 
totality of quarterbacks, not just in the NFL, but overall, less than a third. They're actually over-representative, and more importantly, as the number one pick. I, I just... I just can't. And that has nothing to say of all the other black quarterbacks selected in the top 10, top 15. Oh, by the way, future NFL Hall of Famer Aaron Rodgers in one of the drafts that featured a black quarterback going number one was the second pick at number 26 to the Green Bay Packers. Jamarcus Russell is the number one. I rest my case. The question is, are they drafting people who become starters, who are given opportunities of every race, creed, color? Uh, Is it a meritocracy? It should be, and it has been lately. Has that always been the case? No. Prior to Michael Vick, I think you can make the argument that there was a biases as to what type of a quarterback, quote-unquote, black quarterback was. And that was wrong. Donovan McNabb being the person who kind of broke that mold, if you will, showcasing that, um, you know, they can throw and run because apparently that wasn't a thing beforehand, which was idiotic. But did Deadspin learn anything from defamation lawsuits that it was part of? Oh, that's right, because it was spun off a gawker who was sued into oblivion for defamation by Hulk Hogan, of all people. Karan J. Phillips is the author of this article. He is the biggest race-baiting piece of crap there is. So, to that young fan and his parents... Get your butt on the phone to the best attorneys in this country and sue the ever-loving bleep out of Deadspin, out of its parent company, because it's just trash journalism 101. And, by the way, make sure that Karan J. Phillips never has another job. He wrote that article, by the way, that I was talking about in the New York Daily News in 2018. He's a race writer in sports. Think about that. There's never anything that's quote-unquote good enough and we'll always find... Oh, and by the way, he tweeted out after people just absolutely went after him on X that I don't think it's the flex you think it is because uh, the other side of his face is painted red and and that's uh, against the Native Americans. Well, he didn't say that second part, but that's the insinuation. Are you kidding me with that? This, they haven't learned a thing. And until they're made to make a pay a significant price, either monetarily or with the fact that people don't pay attention to them. And that's ultimately where I wanted to go with this. I'm not showing you the article. I refuse to give them that kind of attention. This is what passes for sports journalism, and we're supposed to take it seriously? Nah, brah. Nah. We're better off just saying, you're an idiot, and moving forward. And then letting the people who... But here's the rub, 
right, is that you can't move forward when they're attempting to ruin your life as an 11-year-old. This guy is an absolute trash human being. Deadspin has been and always will be a trash sports journalism site. And they deserve to go the way of their old parent company, Gawker. They deserve nothing but everything that is coming to them. All right. So then finally, we have Pat's second truth or fiction that he gave us, which is the cultist behavior of MAGA forever will cost America the 2024 election. Now, I haven't had a response back as to what Pat meant by America, so this is what I'm going to say about this. I think this is fiction because I don't think it's going to cost America the election in 2024, but what I will say is that the inability of MAGA forever to realize that they're a cult and all of the stuff that's gone on from there, like the the whole uh, Bob Vanderplots in Iowa uh, being sold f- or his endorsement up for sale, which is hilarious considering the fact that Bob Vanderplots has said many a times since 2016, by the way, that um, he attempted to buy the endorsement of Bob Vanderplatz ahead of the 2016 election in which he endorsed, ended up endorsing Ted Cruz. And Ted Cruz won. Now you can make your arguments about, well, how much influence does he really have on a national? That's a different story. But in Iowa, he is very influential amongst the conservative evangelical crowd. But what I believe to be true is that they're going to cost, not America, but they're going to cost the GOP, which is ironic because most of the MAGA forever types will hate team GOP, except for then they go and vote for every team GOP candidate on the talk on the docket and then bitch and complain about it. Cause again, every single incumbent post COVID won the election in 2022, not a single person, whether that was Democrat, Republican or anything in between lost on the Senate side. Not a single one of them paid a price. What I do believe is that they're going to have such a short-sighted view of all of this, that it's all about Donald Trump and his personality and his person, that they're not understanding what winning is. And I'm interested in winning for liberty, Donald Trump doesn't win for liberty. Donald Trump wins for himself. But my question is, is it worth giving your liberty up for Donald Trump's gain? That's where the MAGA cultists, and yes, you are in a cult. By the way, plenty to say about some of the authoritarian things that Ron DeSantis has done in Florida that I don't like. Said it time and time again on this program. I don't have a horse in the GOP race. My only horse is that I don't believe that MAGA, which used to actually have some sort of policy backing to it and some prescriptions for policy backing to it, which now is just turned into whatever Donald Trump says in whatever moment. I don't believe that is good for winning for liberty. 
I will oppose anybody, and I mean anybody, who is antithetical to liberty. Because I believe we are at the crossroads of liberty. So yes, the short-sightedness, the short-sighted thought process of we've got to elect Donald Trump as if he's the savior. He had his opportunity to quote-unquote save liberty. Did he do it? No, instead he actually gave it over to the other side. Lockdowns. Stealing the election through extra judicial means. Allowing mail-in balloting, not just mail-out, but mail-in balloting. Allowing drop boxes and all sorts of things to happen in the 2020 election cycle that should never have been put in place. America's constitution, its foundational liberty-based principles are at stake. And I believe electing Donald Trump, whether that is in the GOP primary or the general election, will have the same effect as electing Joe Biden. Why? Because they're not the ones in charge. The intellectual left that has elevated themselves throughout the bureaucracy of this country are the ones that are in charge. And Donald Trump didn't get that the first time around. What makes you think he's going to get it the second time around? He didn't get it in 2020 very clearly because he chose. He had two opposing views, one of which was more liberty-based and one of which was Anthony Fauci. You had Scott Atlas and Anthony Fauci. You chose to listen to Anthony Fauci. What would be different about it this time around? The end of the day, the cultists will cost us our liberty because there is an opportunity to potentially elect somebody who gets what time it is. That would be Ron DeSantis, by the way, in my view. We have an opportunity to elect that individual, to put him in place, versus somebody who doesn't care about anything other than himself. He doesn't care about our liberties. He doesn't care about you. He doesn't care about the January 6th until he's called out on it and then magically donates a little bit of money to them when it's way, way, way too late. He doesn't care about anybody but himself. Period, point blank, he never has and he never, ever will. His character is such in the short-sightedness of electing him because he represents some sort of, what, protest vote? Can he affect change? No. He didn't do it the first time around. And for the MAGA cultists, are you really going to buy the argument that, well, he needed to get it And now he'll expose it. His arguments are that he couldn't do it last time around because of legality. So what's going to change this time around? Am I supposed to really believe this idea that, you know what we should do? We should elect the people who proved they didn't know it and then elect more of them and and give them the super majority because they'll, they'll totes be on our side. And they're going to totes root everything out. 
except for Donald Trump endorsed Mitch McConnell in a Senate primary, except for Donald Trump uh, literally whipped up votes for Kevin McCarthy, except for Donald Trump has been on the side of Rona McDaniel, except for, except for, except for. Not, not, I'm not expecting you to listen to me because you never have and you never will, but to the rest of the people, to the 30-some-odd percent who, quote-unquote, won't vote for Donald Trump, are you willing to, to play a game of stratego? Are you willing to think strategically here? That's what this vote is really about for me, is about strategery. It's about voting strategically. Whom is whom gets it? Whom will at least attempt to do something to say none shall pass? I'm not necessarily seeing it from the libertarian side of things, by the way. I'm not really seeing that. Anybody who is strong in understanding that we need to build a coalition based off of liberty instead of libertarianism, build a fellowship and some coalitions that can be inside that fellowship. Not seeing it. Donald Trump ain't it. It's as simple as that for me. I I don't understand the argument that is being made. I don't understand the Julie Kellys of the world who just suddenly ignore everything about January 6th that was bad from Donald Trump's point of view, and will bend the knee to Donald Trump and, and do his bidding and attacking people like Bob Vanderplatz, of all people. People who have an irrefutably good character. So $95,000 is what we're, we're arguing about now. And by the way, the Ron DeSantis trolls are equally as bad as the Donald Trump trolls on social media. And it's why I don't pay attention to either side of this. I don't, I don't, I'm just interested in strategies that can help us win. And it's not win an election. It is win for liberty. The ideas and the ideals of liberty. Who gets it? Who says, nah, we're not doing this anymore. I'm going to shut things down. I'm going to change things. I've got a plan. Here is the plan. What is the plan? When lawfare against Donald Trump, who they who the other side sees as the evil of all evils, prosecutes itself out, plays itself out throughout the first quarter, maybe half of twenty twenty four, what happens? Is is Rona McDaniel gonna throw out it out the GOP process and and just install somebody when Donald Trump is proven to be convicted and thus not eligible? What's the strategy? We've been saying this for the longest time. So for the MAGA Forever cult, what's your strategy for winning for liberty? Bring it to the table. I would love to hear it. And with that, folks, please be smart, be safe, be kind, make sure you eat all of your meals today. And as always, Matthew 547. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.